good football fans welcome back to the fourth and a mile podcast alongside my good friends brady bradley and jeremy my name is josh and we appreciate you all tuning in so fellas we are real strong into the offseason here how are we doing we are strong into the offseason so our focus now switches to the nfl draft i think all four of us are extremely excited about that um before we do start the draft we have to give one congratulations to the LA Rams for winning the Super Bowl. Um, game was amazing. I, I thought you were I about thought, to say for me winning Jeopardy last week. I was like, Pretty, I thank you. No, <laughs> and I, I hope our listeners, I, we didn't get very many tweets back, but um, our lovely co-host who, who ran Jeopardy did not account for 100 points that I should have had. Excuse me? I beat Jeremy on that one for the Bengals. I did. <laughs> I did. I know I did. Turn the page. Bradley say the page. First. Turn the page. Yeah, no, honestly, that's like that's. I'm glad we got this on air because you're super childish about it. The fact that we're <laughs> we're over a week out of this and we're still talking about this. I wanted to be the undisputed heavyweight champion. You're not. I'm, I'm definitely. Speaking not. of things, <laughs> speaking of things that were wrong, did the Packers win the Super Bowl? I... <laughs> <laughs> did I miss some? <laughs> demand a recount. <laughs> demand a recount. Yes. So congrats to the Rams. Um, there is one other notable that we have, and, and it kind of changed. So we're recording on Monday night this week, um, and the big news was the talk about boycotting the NFL Combine. So the NFL came out, um, I believe it was this weekend, and said that all players who are participating in the Combine are going to be quote-unquote bubbled, meaning that they can't go and do um, outside activities like with they can't have trainers they can't have their agents with them um they have to be in their hotel room and and basically making sure that there's no COVID issues is is what i got from it um a lot of the agents came out started talking and they were saying okay we're gonna band together and we're gonna boycott the nfl combine because i mean these young men this is their brightest stage to um, interview for these jobs and some of these guys it's a difference between millions of dollars that they're going to be making at the combine um but we just found out right before that the NFL is lifting the bubble. So from what, what we know, it's going to be normal. Um, I guess maybe give a guy that you're excited to see at the combine. Let, let's do that before we get into our first mock draft of the year for um, the NFL. So give a guy that you are extremely excited to see at the combine. First of all, before we, we give those guys, honestly, they made the right decision by lifting the bubble because non-biasedly throughout the entire playoffs, COVID didn't exist in the NFL. I mean, you didn't have any issues with full crowds. I mean, the Super Bowl was completely, I don't want to say anti-COVID, but like you didn't, you didn't see regulations on how many people were going to be in there. And I think that should be the exact same case for, for the, the combine because it holds just as much weight for these young athletes. Uh, as far as a person that I'm excited to see, and it's the person that I have number one overall uh, on my board, and that's Aiden Hutchinson. He went on the Pan McAfee show before the Super Bowl and said, yeah, I'm testing everything because I got nothing to hide. And so I'm super excited to see how he tests. I think it it can only hurt his stock, but I'm excited that he's doing it anyway because I think he's a, almost a lock to be a top two pick, top three at the absolute worst. He, he's not going to fall unless something really, really bad happens. And for him to come out and say, you know what, I'm going to test all these. I think it says a lot about him and just uh, him as a competitor. That's interesting from like a strategic standpoint, like if like advisors to him, like 
okay, you should still do all these tests. Or do you think that's just a competitive thing? You're like, no, I want to show them the best out there doing this drill, this drill. Because like from a strategic standpoint, if you have nothing to gain, then why do it? Well, and the thing is, he, he does have something to gain because I don't think he's locked to be the number one overall pick. But the way he said it publicly, it was like, I'm, I'm truly not scared. Like I have nothing to hide. Like, I think the combine is just going to show more of my athleticism than what my tape does. So um, I feel like he's out on a mission trying to prove that, Hey, if Jacksonville doesn't want an edge rusher, they need to trade it because I'm a blue chip prospect that, that deserves to be the number one overall pick. Wow. Yeah, that, no, I definitely feel that. For my uh, guy that I really want to see on the combine, I think it's Traylon Burks. I think just the absolute physical specimen that I just want to see, you know, fast, you know, fast receivers run really fast. I want to see how he can stretch the field and how his hands are. Um, I just really want to see, because like the comparisons, you know, we've seen to like the DK Metcalfs and like, I want to see those things happen and how we as a draft community i'm not going to say us specifically but as a draft community we whiffed on dk metcalf because of like what the three code three code three cone drill was just atrocious i'm curious if any of those things pop up with burks i think he's gonna light up the combine really good player really good player to name josh yeah jeremy who's your guy that you're looking forward to seeing uh, I've talked about him more and more, but it's Jermaine Johnson for me. I think he's an absolute freak on film, and I think you're just going to see that played out and his measurables on on paper are going to just bounce off the off the tape. Like he just he's an animal, um, just an athletic freak, long frame, long arms, just attacks blockers. Like I'm, I'm really excited to see him at the combine. How do you feel about Jermaine Johnson, Bradley? I, honestly, I'm a little disappointed that he had such a good senior bowl because <clears throat> I had my scout write up done before the senior bowl and I, I fell in love with the prospect. And in, in my write up, I talked a little bit about his comparison to Neil Hunter. And I didn't say that he was the Neil Hunter, but just kind of the frame and just kind of the intangibles he showed. One thing that really stuck out to me was how he defends the run. And he really is really, really in, <clears throat> in all caps, I put he is elite in run defense he's good at setting the edge he's really physical so i just think he's a couple couple refinement of pass rushing moves away from just being an absolute elite edge rusher yep I, he's a guy that's definitely gaining a lot of traction um I, i'm going kind of a little bit off the radar here for for my guy um and it's it's a position that we don't know who the num the undisputed number one prospect is for that position group and the guy that I'm looking forward to seeing is Desmond Ritter. Uh, this is a 6'4 quarterback. Um, currently, he is my quarterback, too, in the class, um, which is a lot higher than a lot of people um, have him. I just I think the traits that I see in him can make him the highest floor, in my opinion, where like I feel like he has a pretty good arm. He can move. He, he can move a lot better than people give him credit for. Um, and he's improved every single year at Cincinnati. And people just talk about the leadership skills that he has there. I feel like if there's one quarterback and, and you hate the hate the term like pro ready or could come in right away. In my opinion, he feels like that guy. I know people think Kenny Pickett's probably that guy, but for me, it, it seems like, okay, his, his weakness is probably his, his intermediate and deep ball accuracy, get him into a system maybe like a, a Denver where he's not going to throw the ball too many times. 
let him get confident and then open it up a little bit. So um, I, I don't know if he can do enough at the combine to be QB one, um, but I'm really excited to see what he does at the combine. Cause I think a lot of these quarterbacks are going to throw at the combine because we don't know who the number one quarterback is. For me, if you're a quarterback and one of your question marks is accuracy, that just throws a huge red flag for me. Cause I just think that's something that has to be already instilled in you. And if you're not, if you're not hitting accurate passes at the college level, I don't know how you translate that to the NFL. Josh Allen did a pretty good job. I didn't want, that's the first name that came to mind, but and, I don't and know. It's a, it's a bad exception, not the rule. I, I agree with Bradley though. I, I, it's, you can't look at Josh Allen and be like, that's the norm for like people yeah. correcting their accuracy. But uh, I just, I think he can fix it. I, I do. I think it's something that like, so I saw an article or something that, that showed that his, his motion in his throwing is a little bit too long. If you condense it a little bit, maybe that could fix something with his accuracy. I don't know. I, I'm really high on Desmond Ritter. Can win intangibles, athleticism. I, I like it. I don't, I don't want to like stick too long on this, Brady. I'm just curious because I have really liked him throughout the year. But what stains my perception of him, and I, again, everyone looks bad when they play Alabama, but I yep. just did not. I was very disappointed by his performance in that game. Does that like do anything for you and as you look at him as a prospect long term? It doesn't. But honestly, that's that's fair though, because it's a bunch of pro players. So you want to see him play at a pro level. Yep. So it's a lot of pro players on Alabama side, and not a lot of pro players on Cincinnati side. So you just from when I watched, so the the film is not good. It's it's really bad. Like you said, Jeremy, he did not look very good. A lot of the times he was moving around, like. If you look at Twitter when they were playing Cincinnati, the name Will Anderson made it, it made another name for himself. He was in the backfield every single play. So he had one of the worst offensive lines in football or in college football. Um, and so what he did there, if he can get into a system where he gets protection, um, I, I think he moves well in the pocket. Um, but I, the film that I watched, there was, I think it was Tulsa. He played Tulsa, obviously not a big name school. He absolutely torched him. Like he, he went nuts. And I feel like that's, that's what you could see at the next level. Obviously he needs some work, but I, this quarterback class needs a lot of work in general. So um, that's where I think it's just wide open. We're ready to hit up our mock draft. Let's do it. it. Okay. So for our first NFL draft podcast or episode, we are doing a mock draft. So how we're doing this, um, we each get, um one spot so we randomize this i get the first pick it's all get first fifth so on and so forth um yeah bradley gets the second josh gets third and jeremy gets both the vikings and the packers picks he is picking in the fourth slot so i started off um the jacksonville jaguars i think i've had this pick pretty consistent throughout give a give a our listeners an idea on what we're using for the uh mock draft just so we're Yes, so we are using a mock draft simulator from the Draft Network. So they they have a they do a really nice job of uh, putting their predictive boards. So they have yeah they have a bunch of prospects that who they believe is in order. Obviously, people have their own um, rankings, but this is who their consensus is. All their draft analysts there. Um, so with the Jaguars, they have two needs, and and the interesting part is these are both the positions that they could take. It's it's edge or offensive tackle. Um, in my opinion, I think they can get a better edge at pick 33. And I just think Evan Neal is getting slept on a little bit in his rankings. Um, so I'm going with Evan Neal at pick 101. 
Can someone explain to me how Evan Neal is being slept on when I would say the majority of the time I'm seeing Evan known Evan Neal picked within the top six picks? I'd be lying if I said that wasn't the first thought that came to my, to mind, but hey, it's I, I honestly think he's getting slept on a little bit because he has been one of the top draft prospects for the last three years. People have been waiting for him to to commit or to be able to be draft eligible. Um, and now it seems like people have their own versions of who the number one tackle is. So in my opinion, he's getting slept on a little bit. All right. Well, Detroit Lions are on the clock. And I feel phenomenal because I got uh, I think I know my, what your pick is. <laughs> my number one overall player. And this is this is huge for them. Because it's a it's a need, and I think it's best player available, and that's Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, he God. went to school in Michigan. He is a phenomenal player. The first two words that I wrote on my write up for him was game wrecker, and I think he just elevates <laughs> that defense. It's something that they need bad um, on their defense. So I'm going with Aiden Hutchinson. That was a reach. I like it a lot. Um, so this is, this is kind of tough now. So I'm at the third pick with the Texans here. Um, there are a couple really, really awesome prospects here. The and fan so favorite Houston Texans, the fan favorites. Yeah. <laughs> people's choice. I was going to say the people's <laughs> choice. People's choice. Uh, so the two names that are looking me square in the eyes right now are Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame, and Kayvon Thibodeau, edge from Oregon. And so I think I'm leaning towards just the overall – you, I'm going to do it. Go I'm, gonna, I'm going Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. I think that his positional versatility can have a bigger role than a top-end edge, which is saying a lot, because a top-end edge can be an absolute, using um, the words we just uh, heard here, game wrecker. So 6-4-2-20, uh, being compared to Derwin James and can be at all three phases. He's he even played a little bit of defensive end. So that is insane. So I really, really love Kyle Hamilton. I know I, I have safeties uh, this year and I'm kind of late to the party on, you know, ooing and eyeing over Kyle Hamilton, but I'm 3000% there. Yep. I, I, in my opinion, this has been, this has been a common thing. Neil Hutchinson, Hamilton. I think this is where it gets interesting. Jeremy, you're on the clock. Yeah. So I was kind of prepared thinking that Josh was going to take Thibodeau. Um, and I, you know, I was on record, I think, two podcasts ago saying that the Jets should be taking whatever offensive tackles there, whether that's Neil or that's Icky. Uh, but at this point, like staring Thibodeau in the face, it, they've been trying to get an edge rusher, been trying to get a special player like that. I think it makes all the sense in the world to take uh, him here and then hope for a really, really good offensive, offensive tackle still at number 10. So I'm going to go with uh, Thibodeau. That is my number one player in this class right now. I just, I think that would be great value at pick four. Um, I have the New York Giants um, and I was either going, I was going the same direction as Jeremy. It was either Kayvon Thibodeau or Iki Aquanu, whichever one was there. Um, so I'm going with Iki Aquanu. I think the ability for him to play guard or tackle wherever they need it, they need an offensive lineman. So um, Joe Shane gets his guy. All right, so this is an interesting spot. I have the Carolina Panthers at six. A couple different places that they could go. First being quarterback, second being offensive line. 
those are kind of the, the two big needs for them. Offensive line is probably a bigger need than quarterback. But they're going to get their, their guy at six because there's not going to be a quarterback unless someone trades up uh, in front of them, unless the New York Giants stun everybody. But I don't see them doing that with one of their first two picks. So I'm going to go with a guy who's probably got the most potential um, if he's coached right. And you, you don't want to – I don't want to say Kenny Pickett's a safe pick, but Malik Willis is the splash pick. And I feel like when you're picking inside the top, top six – you're going to want to go with a guy that's going to change your franchise. And for me, that's that's going to be Malik Willis. He's not my quarterback one, but I think he does have the highest ceiling out of all these quarterbacks. I, I absolutely should, love that. It, and I should, we should have <clears> mentioned wait, earlier. Josh no trade. that one. Yeah, no kidding. No trades in this mock. So just so everybody's aware, nobody's trading up to get a quarterback or anything like that. Absolutely. Brady, how do you, like as our, our quarterback guy, how do you feel about that pick there? Uh, it makes total sense. And and I'm with, if I'm picking a quarterback that high, I would pick the one with the highest upside and they have a terrible offensive line. So I think Malik Willis is a perfect fit. Um, he's currently my quarterback three. Um, so I have Pickett one, um, Desmond Ritter two, Malik Willis three. His deep ball is crazy. Like he has got a cannon. Um, He's got to, he's got to refine. I think his accuracy is a little bit worse than Desmond Ritter's. Um, but his athletic ability is crazy. It's so, tough to hear. It's tough to hear that. I just picked a guy that uh, is one of my weaknesses as a quarterback. You gotta be accurate. So, but I, so I think obviously Lamar's more athletic than Malik Willis, but Malik Willis is a really good athlete. I think Willis throws the ball better than Lamar. Got an absolute rocket. Yep. Like I, I'm, I'm excited to see wherever he ends up. I think it'll be a lot of like, he's just exciting. Like he's got the high ceiling that everyone wants their team to draft. So really exciting there for the Panthers. Real quick. So. There's a team that is going to try and trade up for him and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see if they can get it. Done. That's going to be Goodness interesting to, to see if they can jump up there. It was at the senior bowl. It was quite public that Mike Tomlin was walking around with Malik Willis a lot, getting to know him more. So we'll see if they can move up. Josh, sorry, go ahead. Of course. No. So off air, we actually talked about this player. I'm about to draft for the Giants quite a bit. Uh, they acquired this pick with the Bears trade uh, last year. And so linebacker is a gigantic need. Um, so then for uh, the Giants, I'm drafting Devin Lloyd um, for from Utah. He's just an absolute three down freak. Um, that's a huge thing for linebackers. Now, most teams playing in nickel, you got to have linebackers be able to be on the field for three downs. And he is absolutely that. He can rush inside and outside as well. Um, the Utah is not like the most, you know, packed school, but it's in the, you know, it's in the pack 12. Uh, so it's not going to be <laughs> nice. Nice pack yeah. pack 12. Funny. <laughs> yes, he, he, very, he, he, he punned himself. <laughs> yes. So uh, I had uh, Devin Lloyd from Utah going to the giants. I'm a big Devin Lloyd fan. I, I don't know if he'll go pick seven, but he is a top 10 prospect in my Oof. opinion. I, I don't hate the pick. Like, honestly, I, I think he is going to rise at the combine as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think he'll rise as well. At this point, I, I'd be surprised to see him go this early, but based off what his numbers end up being, I, I would assume he'll, he'll for sure rise. I also think he's a freak. So I, I don't hate the pick either. Um, so I've got the Falcons pick eight here. Could, go a couple different directions, but I definitely think it'll be a, a defensive player. 
Should be two, right? <laughs> What'd you say? It should be two, right? <laughs> and I sure hope it is. Are you thinking a position of any particular sorts? I'm I'm leaning edge. And I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pull the trigger. I know Bradley will like it. I am I am gonna pick Jermaine Johnson for for the Falcons here. I again I said it a little while ago. The dude's an absolute freak. I, I mean he's he's a type of player that can considerably elevate your defense. Like I, I just think he does that much. Bradley spoke to his versatility a little bit in terms of what he does in the run. Um, I I do think if he can make some refinements in his uh, kind of mobility with his pass rush moves. He he will just take an absolute step forward. Um, very athletic and just does a lot uh, in terms of your defense and they need a lot of help. So I think that's, that would be a great pick for him. For sure. So uh, with, with the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos, I, I should say the Green Bay Packers because Denver is going to be trading Rodgers to <laughs> money. No, no. Uh, uh, Becker's going to get so mad. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of different ways they can go. I'm not going to go quarterback here. Um, I think just beef up that that defensive side of the football. Go get an edge rusher with a ton of upside, uh, and that's who David Ajabo is. David Ajabo is a guy um, who busted onto the scene last year, could play a 3-4 defense. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to fill what Von Miller was, but he's going to be pretty good against or pretty good next to Bradley Chubb on the other side of um, the edge. So. I'm going with David Ajabo at pick nine. He's a really good player that would fit their scheme very, very well. So the New York Jets are on the clock for pick 10, and they went edge uh, with their first pick. I believe it was Kayvon Thibodeau. Is that correct? That is correct. At pick yes. four, they went yes. Kayvon Thibodeau. Yes. So obviously the, the pick that a lot of people would be looking for is an offensive tackle. However, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to give him a corner because I believe that they invested a lot in their offense the year before in the draft. And I feel like it's time to give Robert Sala some guys that he can work with on the defense and start coaching them up. And so I'm going with Derek Stimley Jr. out of LSU. Really? That surprises me. Okay. Guys, so, so here's the deal. If DSJ is 2019 DSJ, getting him at pick 10 is an absolute steal. Oh, no doubt. And if there's going to be a guy that maximizes it, I think it's going to be Robert Sala. I think there's other guys that could do that as well. But what I'm saying is that when you look at the scheme, when you look at a coach maximizing the player, I think Robert Sala can do it just as long as he stays healthy. I wasn't questioning the player. I was questioning the position. I, I was thinking – they would sprint up for Charles Cross. Get that's off good player. I thought, that's where that's I good thought Bradley was going to go. But Derek I like Stingley, Charles Cross. If it's 2019 Stingley, like you said, Bradley, it's an, it's an absolute steal there. And so now that puts me in a relatively tough position. Cause though I have the commanders, that's going to take some getting used to I pick <laughs> 11. Uh, so they need a quarterback bad and they need a tackle bad. Um, so right now, obviously the positional value like quarterback is paramount, but I just think the value of Charles cross here is too tough to pass up. Um, I know it's not exactly a great fit because 
Um, he's like pass protection is just kind of like the, the MO for Charles cross. And that's not, you know, the best thing that they do on offense, but I think that that's going to be my pick here. Charles cross uh, going to the commanders. I think it's not a seamless fit, but I do, I do think that maybe they make it just a signing in the off season for a bridge quarterback that can um, propel them to the playoffs. Cause I think the, it's going to, the defense is going to regress to the mean quite a bit next year. So I think they're going to be much better than they were last year, regardless, because it can't be much worse from all the talent that they have on that side of the ball. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's who the commanders take took was Charles cross. Carson Wentz question mark. Could be. Could be. Don't do All right, Becker. All right, Becker. Guarantee that he's out of Indy, which still just yeah. I don't. I just don't get it. All right, boys. Who are the Vikings taking? You tell us. You make the wrong decision. Hop off the pod. <laughs> I I honestly don't. I like this far into the offseason, I don't know exactly who you guys would be hoping for, um, which probably makes this even more interesting. There's one. I think, That's gonna make uh, it fun. <laughs> so, I think they're gonna go defense. And I'm going to give them a corner. And it is going to be sauce. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. That would be. He, the dude's a dog. He's, he's long. He's athletic. They need, they need a player like that at that position. Um, a young guy to build around. And he's, I mean, he's a dog. I appreciate you, Quasi. I appreciate you. Good pick. Right now, Sauce Gardner is my number four overall prospect. Goodness gracious! That's... I think I think like a a relative comp was like Xavier Rhodes when he was like really 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 good. I think he's still got some some hip work to do, um, but if he, if he gets in the right system, I'm not saying he's Jalen Ramsey, but <laughs> oh my gosh, you're not really saying, good. but you're saying he's six three, lanky arms. Has yeah, I, I know people are going to say this all year. He hasn't. He didn't. Never gave up a touchdown. Like, oh, he gave up like 150 yards in coverage this year. I, I think he's crazy. That's good. not bad. All right, now the Browns are on the clock. Right over there. How do you feel? I, I feel fine. I feel good about fine. Sauce Gardner. Honestly, there's Ooh. not a. He there are very. There are very few picks where i'd be very disappointed trevor penning i i i switch fandom if that's the pick um <laughs> that's about the only guy that it's like no way for what it's worth there's a couple other edge guys that i would be disappointed with at 12 but sauce gardner is a really good player he's not my corner one but he is for sure in my top three so the Cleveland Browns, I have the Cleveland Browns and I'm looking at two positions. One I'm looking at linebacker and the other I'm looking at, uh, I was going to say linebacker again, I'm going to say wide receiver. Um, I'm going to go with linebacker here. I'm going to go with Bradley's linebacker one, Nicobe Dean. Talk about speed. That's Nicobe Dean. I, I think he's a really good player. And if, and if I'm Andrew Barry for the Cleveland Browns, I see that the linebacker position isn't as deep as the wide receiver position. Get me one of these two linebackers, and I can still get a really good receiver in the second round. That's why I would go Nicobe Dean. Yeah, you make a good point there, Brady, because I, I was just thinking to myself, like, would I be pretty surprised to see two linebackers go in the top 13? But to, to your point that there aren't – that it's not deep, that you just right. go get – if you really need that position or that's something you want to leave with from this draft, a linebacker you feel really good about. 
maybe you do just go at them early, which is, you know, something to think about. Okay. So I am on the clock with pick 14. That is the Baltimore Ravens. There's a couple different places of need. First, in my opinion, would be an edge pass rusher. Second one being interior defensive line. And another interesting need that I think that they have is wide receiver. There's talks about Hollywood Brown leaving. You want to make sure that there are weapons available for Lamar Jackson. I am going to go with Jamison Williams as the pick here. I I think it's a perfect, perfect match with what uh, Rashad Bateman is and with what Mark Andrews brings to the table. I like that a lot, actually. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Philly's not happy either. Philly is not happy no, about that. Philly's not, <laughs> Philly's not the happiest they've been. Hey, 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 listen to me. Hear me out. Hear me out. They have their receivers. Hey, Philly, yeah, what man. can go wrong drafting a receiver in the first round, right? No, they already have their receivers. Yeah, oh, yeah? It's Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager. Oh, oh gotcha. Third so, year for a receiver is always the most pivotal year. Hear me out. I'd argue... Maybe the first or the second could so, play a factor in that. Uh, Bradley, are you saying that you are doubling down on your night? I will probably be doubling <laughs> down, yeah. Well, if he's wide receiver 60, that's a hit. If that's, yeah. if that's the benchmark, <laughs> then yes, I'm tripling down. All right. So that brings me to pick 15 with the Eagles. Um, so I think you have to figure out if, holy cow, I am Jalen Hurts. You have to figure out if Jalen Hurts is your guy or not. And so getting him weapons, I think, is absolutely number one. And so for my wide receiver one, I'm going Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. I think the play action, like they ran the ball the most, they had the most rushing yards, I think, in the league last year, uh, the Eagles. And I think those play action kill shots, I think Garrett Wilson is absolutely going to feast on. Uh, just an absolute tactician route running. I am very – I. I'm very, very confident that he's going to succeed at the next level. And I think he may be more of like a safe pick than like a Traylon Burks. Um, and so that's where I'm going here uh, for the Eagles, Garrett Wilson. I think it's him really interesting. It's kind of a, they're not the same player, but I feel like it's a similar player, him and Devonta Smith. The, you, you could absolutely make that argument. Yeah. And that would be fun in their offense because yep. they're a run-based offense. So then these guys are going to get one-on-one coverage yep. and they're absolute technicians running routes so that'd be interesting jeremy you're up on the clock for our last pick before our break so it is the eagles again and they obviously just went uh offense and they went wide receiver so i'm going to move to the defensive side of the football and i think you could go either edge or corner and i think you kind of take your pick on where you feel like the position is most strong I think is there I'm a position you would like to look at? I think I'm going to go with the edge. And I'm going to take the big fella out of Georgia, and I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker. Guy is gaining a lot of steam in the draft world right now. I- yeah, I think for me it was between him and um, Carl Loftus. Mm-hmm. Georgie. I don't understand, I, which I won't understand his slide by any means, so – you need to have that conversation a different day. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's take a break. I'd be we'll fine come... with either of those two players there for them. Yep. I think they both would be good. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and do the second half of the mock draft. 
Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. We are back into the 4th and a Mile podcast, getting right into the second half of the mock draft. I will start us off uh, with pick 17, which is the Los Angeles Chargers. They could go a lot of different directions here. I think uh, interior defensive line is a need for them. They struggled in the run last year. Um, so I I want to. I want to make this pick. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Jordan Davis. The The question with Jordan Davis is how many times or how many times a game can he play? He is 100% a nose tackle that is not going to rush the passer. He's going to be in on first and second down. Third and long, he's not going to be in. But if you watch the film, he's unbelievable. He is a mammoth of a human being. And so I I just think his value is going to be so big for a not. I'm, I'm blanking on the linebacker's name. Uh, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma the, a couple of years ago. I think it's going to be beneficial in his development too. Um, so I'm going with Jordan Davis. We'll talk about a team that struggled mightily in the run game. Like I would take my – gladly give up my first round pick to have a, a sure sure horse up front blocking really up good. some holes really for my linebackers point. so I, th- I think it's the right pick I don't he's falling a little bit and I and I understand it because he's not a three down player and I get that so but this is a good pick for them I, I now, would agree that was by far their biggest weakness I'm yeah so now the New Orleans Saints are on the clock and to be honest with you, you could tell me a position and you could probably make a case for it because they got to cut a lot of people to get yes. underneath the cap. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick a position, which I think they got to cut one of their guys and that's offensive tackle. Um, whether that's ram check or, or not re-signing Armstead. And to be honest with you, I'm happy about giving this player to the New Orleans Saints because <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a good player and I don't like the New Orleans Saints. So I'm going, I'm going Trevor Benning. Trevor Benning. <laughs> it is this year's oh Tevin Jenkins for those. He is literally this year. year's Tevin Jenkins. Oh, oh my man. gosh. And Tevin Jenkins was bad last year. He was hurt. Okay. Just uh, Josh, make your pick for the. Honestly, Tevin Jenkins played like his film showed he knows how to play. Okay. Move on. Can you pull up the corners, please? I would love to. So I have 19 and I have the Eagles. This is their third first round pick this year. We had a Which, by the way, if you're an Eagles fan, this is so exciting times. You just so make much the playoffs fun. and you get three first round picks. That Heck is yeah. crazy. Heck yeah. So and then the, they and had the guy you trade. Sorry, Josh. And the guy you traded is going to get cut. <laughs> like what? it did not make the playoffs. <laughs> oh my gosh. So to recap where the Eagles went previously, they went Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, uh, Trayvon Walker, edge, and now they're going to go corner. And so we're kind of debating where we're at with that. And I I think we're going to go the Auburn corner, Roger McCreary. Um, He can play versatile inside and out. That's something that is very, very useful now in the modern NFL where you aren't just pigeonholed into one position defensively. And so uh, they need a, basically everything on defense. And this is a huge part of that. So um, Roger McCreary, cornerback out of Auburn. Really good senior bowl too. Yep. The guy competes his tail off. The only concern for him is his arm length. I think like Josh said, his 
position versatility, he might be better off in the slot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fear anybody. He's a really good man-to-man cover corner, um, but that arm length is a little bit of a concern if he wants to play on the outside. Right. Jeremy, you are on the clock. So well, I am up, and I am drafting for the Steelers. This is such an interesting pick. Like, super pivotal for the franchise year going years going forward. And it, I think it Josh is. is insinuating that you're taking a quarterback. That would and be I'm the not. insinuation. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Good taking call. a quarterback. I am going with a quote unquote nine sexy pick, if you would like to say that. Uh, it's the big fella out of Iowa. It's not big fella. I I think this would be a fantastic pick for them. It, they need to beef up their offensive uh, line. That is just absolutely abysmal. And Linderbaum is, I think it's not like, I think he's a really good player. Uh, and I, he's, you know, he's got some versatility that I think will help them. And I think the Steelers would be thrilled. That hurts. Yeah. So New England Patriots are on the clock. I do not think Bill Belichick will pay JC Jackson this offseason. So corner becomes an extreme need for the New England Patriots. I'm going with my corner three as of right now. That's Andrew Booth Jr. He's about six foot, six foot one-ish, I believe. Um, and the dude competes. He is a thumper. He's got instincts. Uh, he really fun. Like, you know, when you watch corners, sometimes it's like, okay, they don't want to tackle. This guy is the exact opposite. If you watch his game against Georgia, the first game of the year this last year, he was all over the place. They threw some like uh, uh, swing passes to the running backs. He's right there. So um, I, I, I was kind of thinking like he, he reminds me a little bit of Antoine Winfield. He's bigger than Antoine. I don't think he's as good of a tackler, but he, he is a Has good the same football nose player. For, yeah. Yeah. So Andrew Booth and I, I think Bill Belichick will get the most out of him too. I'm, I'm glad you took him, Brady, because I wanted to ask, because I almost took him for the Eagles' second pick. I was yep. looking at corner, and then I was surprised to see Josh uh, jump over him, so to speak. So I was like, you've watched, obviously, more tape than probably most of us have on him. When you look at the numbers he gave up, they don't necessarily look great. I mean, yep. what, what is your take from him? I know you talked about it, just alluded to it a little bit in terms of what he does on the field, but, like, what would you say from his tape versus – those numbers that you look at on paper. Yeah. It, he got targeted a lot actually. And there's, there's some coverage. I wouldn't say issues, but he, I don't think he's the best cover corner in the class. I, I think sauce Gardner is the best cover corner in the class. Um, but his competitive nature, I think it's going to work in the NFL. I, I really do. Um, and he's not undersized by any means. So he can play on the outside. Um, and, and he moves around a little bit too. He can play um, soft coverage. He can play up in your face. Um, I just, I really like his instincts. Um, and, and that's why he's my corner three right now. I, I just, I love the way he competes. What a better spot than the New England, Bill. right? Yeah. yeah. All right. If you have technique issues, I think Bill's going to get you right. For sure. All right. Vegas Raiders are on the clock. The Raiders. Pick right somebody from Mike. Clemson, Ohio State, or Alabama. Oh, wait. New, <laughs> new regime. New regime. I was going to say, uh, no. So, there are a couple different needs. I think they could get better, um, specifically on the interior, both interior defense line and interior offense line. I am going to go with a player that I think should not be here at 22. And that's George Karloftis. But Bradley, they don't need an edge rusher. 
he can do just a little bit more than that. He can rush from the inside as well. And he was asked to do that at Purdue as well. You have Ngakwe, you have, um, help me out with the pro bowlers. Crosby, name, Max Crosby. Who had a phenomenal year. Could you imagine these three rushing the passer on third downs? You can drop eight into coverage and you have these three going after the quarterback. Like that's pressure. And that helps your back end a ton. I think it's phenomenal value. I think it's a great player. I don't know really why he's slipping. I'd be interested to know why he's slipping a lot because to be honest with you, you, I think I have him in my top 10 as far as prospects. He's just, he's phenomenal. He had a phenomenal year at Purdue. I watched, I think three games. Yeah. Three games. And against specifically Notre Dame, if he was single blocked, he was winning every time. And I just, I'm not really sure what happened for the, for the slide a little bit. Maybe, maybe the combine will shed some light on it and he'll go back up into the top 12, but for now he's not. Uh, for especially a division that like rushing the passer is par- like super important, no matter what division you're in, but especially the AFC West, when you have Herbert and Mahomes that are slinging it all like and Rogers. times a year and Ro- <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Becker. Um, yeah. So absolutely love that pick. Oh, that, I mean, it, it would fit perfectly. I think, and I think we were talking about this off air, Bradley. One of the reasons I think he's falling a little bit is because I think the draft community thinks he's a little bit too big and, and not doesn't have the speed aspect. Um, this would be a great fit. Can play inside and outside. Um, so I, I don't know. I just I could I see like him kind of, I could see him kind of molding into the, uh, the JJ Watt mold, not oh, as yeah. successful as yeah. JJ Watt. But he is kind of a stockier edge rusher. Mm-hmm. He might put on some pounds and then um, just absolutely gets after the quarterback from the interior and the edge. And I think it's possible. Right. I that's a, I think that's a good comp of being able to do those both uh, roles. So that brings me to the next pick at 23, which is the Arizona Cardinals. And they have some needs in the trenches, especially on offense. So we're going to try to address that here with, uh, Kenyon Green, interior offensive lineman at Texas A&M. Uh, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, which is elite. Um, He's very scheme versatile, which is going to be really nice because maybe Kyler Murray's getting traded and you need to – it's not happening. But, um, Kyler Murray's not getting traded. Right. So having help right up the gut is going to help uh, Kyler not have to flush out of the pocket nearly as often. I know you like that, having it be a short quarterback, but you need to have – shore up the offensive line and that's a huge part in doing so yeah i he, he's my interior offensive line i keep guards and centers the same he's my number two so i i think that's good value so i'm up next with the the cowboys them boys josh give him an or jeremy give him another piece of the pie for josh should i give him more receiver trail on burks in there just get more get more pie pie. please josh would josh would draft him try to to position himself there'd be be too many pieces of that pie we need less cuts (laughs) i don't know don't do it so i think the cowboys uh, would have been very sad to see Bradley take the pick that uh, he did with Carl Optus at 22 because they would have been thrilled to try to get him at 24. Um, but what I'm going to do with the Cowboys is still give them a piece on that kind of front, and I'm going to draft DeMarvin Leal um, from Texas a and okay. I think he does okay, okay. a little bit of everything for them up, up on the front. Um, and I think if they can continue to build the trenches there defensive uh, on the defensive side of the football, that only helps uh, their defense as a whole because they have some playmakers back there. 
Um, so I like Leal there for him. This is a guy that's fallen a lot. I mean, this going into this year, they like even close to the end of the college football, he was like, he was a top five, top 10 prospect. Um, I've watched his film because he's technically an interior defense lineman. Um, he played a lot of edge at AM. I didn't think he was that good at it. <laughs> I, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty slow to be an edge rusher, which would make sense why he's moving into interior defense line. I think he's got to bulk up a little bit. Uh, my kind of comp for him uh, was Sheldon Richardson. I, I don't know if he'll be that good, uh, but he's, he seems too slow to be out on the outside, which we kind of saw that this year with Sheldon, um, but can be a, a three tech. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes, because I feel like it's, it's kind of a polar opposite. Like people could have him in the first round and I've seen people say that he could be a third round pick. Yeah. He's a guy that had a ton of hype really going into the yes. season definitely took a step backward with his film and it could be maybe he was playing out of position like you just alluded to a little bit Brady he's definitely somebody that I think the combine could be huge for where maybe for he sure. puts some of that to rest a little bit maybe he answers questions really well like I just think he has a lot to gain from the combine because his tape definitely did take a step backwards yes so that leaves me on the clock um, pick 25, the Buffalo bills. I'll make this pretty short and sweet. Um, they need interior help, whether it be, um, offense or defense. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the football. I am going to draft Devonte Wyatt, the interior defense alignment for Georgia. A lot of people have this guy as, um, their number one interior defense lineman. This is a guy that played next to Jordan Davis, <laughs> but could play all three snaps. He can play nose tackle and he can play three tech, um, this is a guy that you're going to see in the first round in a lot of drafts. He's my number one interior defense alignment. Okay. Guys, I'm on the clock with pick 26 with the Tennessee Titans, and I'm, I'm looking for a trade partner. <laughs> if, if anybody, if anybody wants to trade, I know we're not doing it for this exercise, but wow, I just don't, I don't love the options for me. Um, in ideal world, I get a, an edge player, um, or one of the two linebackers fall to me. So that doesn't happen. So I'm going to go with either a corner or an edge. And it's really, it's really between two players. And it's my Jay Sanders and uh, Trent McDuffie. And I'm going to go with edge because I'm more of my philosophy is rush the passer. So your back end can kind of, I don't want to say get overshadowed, but get overshadowed, meaning that if you have an elite pass rush, it helps with your, your back end uh, woes a little bit. And I think Maje Sanders is a very talented player um, that has a lot of potential. And it, when you're getting into this late 20s, you're looking for guys that have traits that you're looking for on your defense. And I think Maje Sanders has that. I like it. That brings me to the Buccaneers at pick 27. Now they're in a huge point of transition, I think. Um, help me out coach at the, uh, Tampa Bay, Bruce, Arians. Um, Bruce Arians. I don't think he's staying if they're going to blow it up. I think if he's staying, they're going to try to put the pieces back together. And so I think they're actually going to go to a huge position to need on offense right now where they had, um, assuming they don't resign, um, goodness gracious, help Godwin? me out receiver. Yeah. God, Godwin. And then Antonio Brown obviously was Antonio Brown. So, <laughs> Um, in if, a I position, were, if I were a betting man, I would guess that Antonio Brown will not be back next year. 
Uh, yeah, I would not take that uh, the other side of that bet. So I'm going Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Um, I, I just think the, the value of having a player with his high of a ceiling is really, really tough to pass up on. What they're doing at quarterback and who's going to be throwing him the ball, that's something that they got to figure out as well. So, uh, But for right now, you got to get him, whoever that is, playmakers, and Traylon Burks is going to be it. Really quick before Jeremy gives his pick for his Packers, could you imagine being a DB that's under six foot and going against Traylon Burks and Mike Evans? No thanks. Yikes. Possibly Gronk there too. Yeah. Do you think Gronk's coming back? I do. Top five tight end. (laughs) Jeremy, who are your Packers taking? So I'm kind of in the boat at this point uh, that I would be kind of surprised if they didn't go like edge or something here, just because I, I think it's a fairly, you know, fairly deep class with a lot of really good edge players. I don't personally love exactly where I'm at as far as the edge goes. And it's our first one of these. So why not have some fun with it? I am going to go with a wide receiver, even though I know they will not take one. Um, give me Chris Olave, add him to the offense. Rogers is staying. Let's get a, a partner next to Devante and have some fun with it. He stinks. <laughs> he's my least favorite player now would you um, uh sorry to cut you no, off ahead. you um so uh were you going to draft Traylon Burks like is that something that you think would be a good fit in Green Bay I was thinking about it yes <laughs> yes I, I think so too <laughs> um so I am on the clock with the Miami Dolphins and I'm thinking wide receiver as well too here. Um, I think you got to get someone next to the, next to Jalen Waddle. So I'm going to go with a surprise here. I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson and pick the Penn state receiver. I think he's extremely underrated. I haven't watched very much film of him. I watched the Roger McCreary film against Penn state. I just kept seeing Dotson destroying McCreary. So that tells you all you need to know about um, Jahan Dotson. I, I feel like you might see a run on receivers, um, towards the end of the first round just because mm-hmm. the class is so good. So um, Jahan Dotson's a pick for me, um, wide receiver out of Penn State. I'll make this quick for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a couple different ways they go. I, I think in an ideal world, a guy like Jameson Williams falls to them and they just get more speed on offense. However, he does not. So I'm going to go with the safety because I believe Tyron Matthew is going to be gone. And that's Jalen Petre, um, safety out of Baylor that had a phenomenal senior bowl and is catching a lot of steam. I like that a lot. I'm a huge fan of his game. Um, and that brings me to the Bengals at 31 who made an awesome push for the Super Bowl, but had one thing that was pressing like the entire time. So Bradley, if you could please pull up uh, offensive line in. Yeah, I think the value. I should, I, should, I shouldn't have to do this, but here we are. <laughs> I just wanted a, some confirmation bias because I was <laughs> I was leaning Zion Johnson into your offensive lineman from Boston College, and that is where we're going to go. Um, so they, you just got to protect your assets. And jo, um, Joe Burrow is just an absolute freak, and he just got sacked over and over and over throughout the playoffs, and they still kept winning up until the Super Bowl, obviously. So got to protect your assets, and uh, Zion Johnson is going to do that for you at Boston They College. are sprinting to the podium if yep. Zion Johnson's <clears throat> still there. For that pick for for multiple reasons one he's a good player two his positional flexibility is 
incredibly, I don't even know the word I want to say, but incredibly Diverse. popular. It, it just works for them. Lot, yeah. Effective. Yeah, they would be thrilled <laughs> with that selection. So I will round it out. With Congrats the Lions. the Lions for winning the Super Bowl, I guess. Pick, picking 32. <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, might be might be the only time they do that. Um, so I obviously have the Lions. They went uh, Hutchinson with their first pick, so they went uh, the defensive side of the football. I am going to go over to the offensive side. I'm not going to take a quarterback. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to take a quarterback. I am position going- would you like up? Uh, you can pull up the receivers, please. I am going to get Amon Ra running mate, and I'm going to get him one that he is used to. Be great value. Give me Drake London. <clears throat> could you in your could you do that with a English accent, please? London. Please give me Jake London. Thank you so much. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, we need that. That's great. So great, pick, that. Yeah. great pick. Great <laughs> pick. Let's finish. It, the it gives them two two styles out there that are really good receivers from USC, and I just, I mean, the dude's a freak too. Yeah, I think that would be good value. Let's finish with our ones. Got to go. We are talking the safety position. We already know who the number one safety is. If you don't, go Quit back asking. and listen to our podcast because <laughs> Kyle Hamilton is the number one safety. So we are talking two through five-ish. And so uh, I might butcher this name for a couple of them. Um, Lewis, is it Sign? Scene. Scene. Lewis Scene from Georgia. Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. Daxton Hill from Michigan. And Jalen Petre from Baylor. Josh, you are our safety expert. Which one's got to go? So this is actually quite tough. I think a lot of these guys are quite close for me. I think there's obviously a huge gap between Kyle Hamilton and these guys. So I don't, it's kind of what you want. So in my opinion, versatility is the name of the game. I keep saying that, I'm, but the versatility is the name of the game on defense. And so I think the player that's the least versatile is Lewis Seen. I think he's just going to be outside, going to be most of that time uh, at Georgia. And so that's going to be my pick is Lewis Seen. Um, I think uh, Brisker, Hill, and Petrie all played a lot more versatile. They can play a lot more position slot, sometimes even like slot corner. Um, but I know Lewis Seen, he's just going to be up, up to, I said outside previously, he's just going to be up top being like a traditional safety, um, which is nothing wrong with that. Like if that's what you need on defense, then great. Um, but I think having a guy, and we've seen that in similar drafts here in the past of having safeties be able to play slot corners, sometimes even play like nickel linebacker. And so that's going to be my pick, Lewis Seen. If you had asked me pre-senior bowl, it would have been Jalen Petrie. However, Senior Bowl has came and gone. And Lewis Seen is now being unseen because he's got to go. I like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Would you say like we left him on red? He's not seen. Because he's got to go. <laughs> I'm loving these puns. We got to keep these rolling. I'm oh, loving it Jeremy. so much. Please give us a corner. So the, the bottom two for me are are seen and, and hill. Uh, at this point, and I, I think Hill provides like a lot more speed and, and versatility, like Josh kind of alluded to. So 
I am going to stay unseen as well. Dexon Hill has got to go for me. Uh, I I think scenes, uh, he's getting seen for me. <laughs> we <laughs> just took that in <laughs> We really did. So, so rank these safeties. So for me, it's Petrie, Petre one, Brisker two, scene three, Hill four. For me, it's Brisker, Hill, Petre, scene. Petri one, Brisker two, Hill three, scene four. That's um, for me. Brisker, Petrie, Hill, scene. I like it. Well, that was a ton of fun. I love doing those mock drafts. So thanks, guys. Um, that wraps up this episode of Forza Mal. Thank you so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you.